I missed your birthday again. I'm the worst. Oh, that's fine. You it's it, fine. But I always get you. I always, but I always say, yeah, you say that. I always get you and Carl confused because my brother's the ninth. That's and the, and then it was at work. Is it eight, nine, ten, or is it nine, ten, eleven? Nine, ten, eleven. It's oh shit! I just realized that this is why you're better at it because the day after your brother's birthday. Yeah. Okay. No, exactly. I feel, I feel so but, much. But, better. Well, but what I was about to say but was you get them all mixed up. But even then, it doesn't matter because you're only going to be a day off. I'm yeah, in, I'm only two days away. Yeah. So you'll you'll never be more than a day off. Okay. But with you, sense. but with you, I have your son's birthday. <laughs> it it is my son. <laughs> This year, it was like two thirds of the day had passed. My brother had already called, which yeah. is nice. nice. And I texted him. I said, "Hey, have they ever forgotten your birthday?" He was like, "Yes." He goes, "I swear, I can't remember when, but he goes, they definitely forgot one year." Did they really? And I was like, "I feel like today this might be the year." And it did. They didn't. They remembered later in the day. They must remember. They sent me a call. Or whatever. It was all good. But what's funny is they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." You know, the card went out late in the mail. I was like, "That's sweet. Don't make a deal." So the card arrives a few days late, and. At this point, I'd already bought my dad a book for his birthday and some other little thing we made for Father's Day. Nothing big, but we got some little something. Even though my dad's even cares less about his birthday, you know, than I do. But then the card came and I, <laughs> I put it up and it was like when you take an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and you fold it yeah. different ways to like make a faux card. My mom mm-hmm. had done that. She printed out like on their printer some picture of us like when we when I was a baby and they were parents, you know, like little and that was nice. But it was like like their printer had run out of ink, so it was kind of streaky. And then she just drew some rainbows next to it. <laughs> and it said, like, you've been making our lives better for you know, forty two years or whatever. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I opened it up and there was nothing in the car. <laughs> they didn't even like do like my in laws sent me like an Amazon gift card. Yeah, I think it's not necessary, but like <laughs> they only have two kids too. Like it's not like they've got a bunch of kids and they literally didn't get me anything. And the homemade card that didn't look like it took very long to make, uh-huh. like was also late. And it was, t- it was really, yeah. you, you know what happened, right? Uh, they why, totally forgot why it looked rushed. They forgot yeah. and texted them and said, hey, don't <laughs> forget today is it's Matthew's birthday. birthday. That is exactly what happened. Uh, <laughs> You know that's what happened. God, I need to text him and ask him. That is so funny. Would he admit it? You think? Uh, probably. I mean, because we. I mean, I and look, yeah. he's, I mean, he's doing the right thing. Like, if you got, if he called you and said the same thing, so funny. Wouldn't you send a little reminder to your parents? Yeah, that's, that's true. That's what happened. God, that is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, sorry, I've, I've kept this long enough from our important Skinner business. And you and I talked about this before you started doing it. That. Um, Right before Spotify came along, there were a bunch of classic rock bands that I had never really listened to and I wanted to listen to. And the CDs were now so cheap. And of course, we were now adults. And you didn't even have to make that much money to be able to like, oh, I can justify spending $20 and now I have all the Leonard Skinner CDs. And I remember doing that somewhere like 15 years ago and listening to them all in a row exclusively, like nothing else on the subway. I was living in New York at the time. And like, I listened to them back to back for like, you know, a week or two, whatever it took to listen to everything up until the plane crash. And then I did the live album 
Uh-huh. And it was really fun to listen to it and realize like, oh, there's so many songs I'd never heard um, that were really good. And I did end up enjoying it for a few years there and listening to it more. And then it kind of just, I'd had my fill. But yeah, yeah, when you did it, I was like, oh, that's, it actually is like, you realize how much stuff, even for us growing up around here, like I wasn't familiar with any of it. Like I, you know, yeah, that's I didn't know issue with a fraction of their material. Classic rock radio, or I guess any radios, you really just hear the same four or five songs over and over again. And I didn't realize, you know, I've been surprised at how much I actually enjoy Skinner. And even the songs that I don't love as much, there are very few songs that I dislike. So it's been a, yeah. and maybe, maybe I just deep down in my soul wanted to like it because I'm doing this podcast and it would have been a, a tough road to hoe if uh, I didn't <laughs> right. find it interesting. But, um, but I've liked it a lot more than I thought I would. But so well, I was going to bring this up because yeah. I've talked about this before. So you listen to the entire Prime Skinner yep. catalog. And I think he whittled it down to what four or five songs that. Well, yeah, but to be fair, that was that's after multiple levels of whittling. I don't know how actual whittling works. Maybe you put it down for a year, then you pick up the stick again, and you're on the porch a year later. Let's assume so. But I have a combination of like a mild sort of OCD organization thing that you're well aware well aware of, but yeah. also you know my job since I I edit things for a living, I, I enjoy going through my iTunes and like paring it down every six months to a year and like discarding things that I haven't listened to much or that I realize like I'm not throwing it away forever. It's digital. I can get it back again. But especially now with Spotify, it's like I, if I want to hear anything, I can hear the drop of a hat. So it's not like yeah, it's not like it's gone onto. Yeah. And so I, I would say that, yes, to answer your question, the short version, everything's along with me. I apologize. But the short version is yes, I'm down to three or four songs. And I'll tell you those songs shortly. But to be fair, that's after somewhere between 12 and 15 years since the experiment began where I did my version of just going through all the CDs. Mm-hmm. And I think probably that first month afterwards, there were probably a solid 20 to 30 songs okay. that stayed in there that were like, Oh man, I, I want these to pop up on shuffle. I want to like go back and listen to probably two thirds of second helping, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And do it. And that probably lasted for a couple of years. And then, you know, over time that's whittled down. I get it. So it certainly doesn't mean that you you hate all these other songs other than this. this no. Five. But I do, I have to know. So what is the cream of the crop? What so remains? now the ones, and, and basically my iTunes, so for context, I'm opening up now. I've got 8,981 songs in my iTunes. And that's a lot. And I probably don't need half of the ones that are there. But I try to go through and call the herd whenever I can. And there's probably four. So it's not a great percentage, we'll, be, we'll admit. But okay. one of the things I do with iTunes is like, if it came up on shuffle, would I skip it? That's kind of like what I think of as getting to survive. Yeah. And so this is like what I, and so right now, let me pull them up. Um, I have, oh shoot, it's only down to three. There must've been a, a recent call. Oh, uh, since we last spoke. All right, well, do you, do you want to guess? I'm pretty sure I ain't the one. Yeah, I ain't the one. <laughs> I ain't the one is the first. First. Um, Tell me, okay, now, tell me what album. Tell me what album, then I'll get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to say this about I Ain't the One. So, and you, I know you had a sort of similar reaction on the show, and I'm, I'm sure they're real Skinner fans, because I can't count myself as a real Skinner fan. That kind of reverse drum thing they did, and the sort of little double kick, and it just makes you right like, move. It's like, I had no idea they had that. Right. And I know that's not yeah, something they do that wrong. often. Yeah, a couple songs that are pretty. It's a little bit, it's like the same, because I'm more of a Little Feet guy. Mm-hmm. And it's got that little feet thing. I'm like, yeah, sign me up. And so when I first heard that, I remember thinking, wait a second, 
because the other one I had I discovered several years before Leonard Skinner and discovered in my version, you know, discovering. But I went through and deep dive, dive, dove, whatever, little feet, probably 20 years ago. Mark. And that was genuinely eye-opening. That was one of those things where I was like, what? Like, this is now one of my favorite bands. And I didn't realize that this existed beyond Dixie Chicken. And so when I first had I at the one, I had a split second where I thought, holy shit, is Leonard Skinner as good as Little Feet? For me, that is. Okay. And then, and then I got to the second track. I was like, oh, no, no. And that's not, it's just a different thing, obviously. Yeah. But Little Feet, more often than not, has that kind of like, because of Richie Hayward, just has that. And it's also more New Orleans and that kind of, yeah, just has that beat thing going and that little bit of white funk. Yeah, it's so, a different thing. But you have to admit, when that's your lead off track, there was definitely a part of me. I remember, I literally remember where I was sitting and I heard and I was like, and I really had this split second of like, Leonard Skinner so much more than I thought. And they are, that's, to be fair, they are but it wasn't the thing I wanted. And that what I wanted was every song to sound like I at the one. Well, and so no with that in mind, it, the, the second song of the three is on the first album okay, okay. as well, but I would say is the most similar to I at the one uh, on that album. Sorry, this probably isn't as exciting for people as we'd hope it would be. No, it is. It's not poison whiskey, is it? It is poison whiskey. Yes. It's just got that extra little oh, that kind of chicken picking uh, another 20 years of friendship. Yes. But you don't get the 20% off discount. Oh, shit. That's already been claimed. While we were talking, somebody logged on. Yeah. I should have also mentioned in my ad that it's, it's, there was only one, one coupon. It's valid for one. Like a lot of times you get a coupon that says valid for one use. But what they don't tell you at thesimplefriend.com is that just means like universally. One, not one per person. Not, not one per person. person. Like one, one per usage. World. One per world. One okay. solitary usage. And it has been claimed during that time. Yeah, I got to say that you were kind enough to join me today. And then you offered to buy out the sponsorship. Some spons- buy some ads. We've already established how many pool floaties I have. So things are going pretty good for me. Yeah, I can, I can throw around a little bit of money when I need to. Well, I just assumed that you were going to advertise one of your, your mini side hustles. You're famous for your right. side hustles. <laughs> Very famous for my That's side That's what hustles. put those flotation devices on the wall. Yeah. And, uh, but instead, it was just kind of a rude copy about I don't see it are and, and how much I owe you yeah I think that's this is one of those you know tomato tomato situations okay okay fair enough I don't want to argue yeah okay well, you shouldn't so, so we're gonna go but, but look you already yeah you you won another 20 years of friendship no coupon but you did nail it on poison whiskey I will say too that the third song to make it really easy is one of the top five biggest hits top three biggest hits and from and it's still in there and it's from the second album. I never get tired of it. I really don't. Yeah, it's a great album. Um, hmm. Is it? Uh, I'll also say that you, are no, I don't think, are as big a fan as I am. I, I shouldn't like it as much as I do, but I, I'll never get tired of hearing it. I know you don't like the ballads. It's swamp music. Uh, it's, it's not, although if we wanted to talk about fish, we could, because um, you know how much I like fish. But okay. it's, Sweet Home, it's Sweet Home Alabama. Really? Okay. It really is. And it's so funny because... You're on the radio, goof. I know. I know. Uh, part of it is I never listen to the radio, oh, as yeah. you know. But it's weird. Every time it comes on shuffle, it makes me happy. I don't know why. Everyone, everyone likes it more than me. So that's just me. Yeah. Obviously, I'm I think that I can admit, yeah. big man, I can admit when I'm wrong. And what's funny is, you know, Peter and I musically don't always agree anymore on things. But I remember, I think we were on a text thread once, and Peter and I both kind of ganged up on you on the fact that we still would go to bat for Sweet Home Alabama. And, and you know how much of a contrarian I am and how much I want to have an opposing opinion, especially when it comes to the general public, who I do not hold in high regard. 
but I think in this case, the general public nailed it. I just think that. Yeah, and I feel bad. Yeah, I love that song. Actually, the only reason I feel bad is that it seems like I'm trying to be contrarian about the song. And, yeah. I, and I hopefully I express that it is a great song. I mean, we, I get that. I've heard it way too many times. And I think the lyrics were just controversial enough and or misunderstood yeah, enough to sort of bring down Skinner's overall reputation where I Fair do enough. think they should be up there. And like, I'm not sure they are. And I think a lot of it is because people think they're a bunch of dumb rednecks. Hey, can I, I don't want to dwell too much on my iTunes, but I do want to say, cause this is going to, this is really not going to raise my profile in the eyes of your listeners, but I have to also admit that during the last culling, Leonard Skinner and a couple other seventies rock bands lost the privilege of having their songs be under their actual artist names. The reason why with my, I know, I know you, I know, I knew you, as soon as I started, I knew you wouldn't like this. So what happens is I, you know, when I'm, cause I still use an old school iPod. I know that's ridiculous, but I still do that. You do. And when I'm scrolling through and trying to think of artists I like, you know, to be reminded of like, who haven't I listened to for a while? I really want the artists that I scroll by to be artists that I love that I have, you know, minimum 20, 30, 40 songs from. So for some of these bands that are four or five or less, I will often group them together in what I call the orphaned jams category. I'm scared. And so, <laughs> no, no, it could have been worse. No, but so I have orphaned jams. And so I have orphaned jams. Yeah. So I have my, on my iTunes, my orphan jams, that's the artist. Orphan jams accounts for, it's not that many all told anymore, but it's, it's like, no why wouldn't you want to know that it's Leonard Skinner? Well, cause I know it is when I hear the song, but I've got, I've only got 190 songs. That one's been called, but like, but just so they know they're in good company. And then I have, I make little mini albums like old, um, you know, mixtapes like we used to do. And they're all thematic. So I have one that's called, um, oh, this is one for us. I've got one called uh, Pembroken because we lived in Pembroke Hall. I've got, I've got that on CD. Well, yeah. okay. okay, I'll stop you for a second. Yeah. I have several mixed CDs from you still that are called Orphan Jams. Yeah. Great. I love them. What I don't understand is <laughs> the iPod setup. It's a song by song situation. This was just right. the title of a CD, and then it would list the tracks, right? With the, yeah. with the artist names. So this, this situation where you're scrolling through the iPod and, and it doesn't say Leonard Skinner anywhere, even though you've got four Leonard Skinner songs. Yeah. And it, it troubles me a bit. No, it does. And so, but the reason why is because I have made, and Leonard Skinner is part of a, let's see here, it is a, 11 song 40 minute a perfect 70s lp length a 40 minute collection of what i've dubbed freedom rock <laughs> in honor of those 90s commercials yeah turn it up and man. it is don't they say it turn is, it up man on there oh, yeah. they do yeah turn it up yeah. freedom what's that plan freedom rock, and, man. turn it up man yeah. yeah and it is um largely leonard skinnard sea level the chuck lavelle allman brothers yeah, absolutely weirdly enough a subdued song? I'm not sure why that, that's in there. Um, that's not 70s enough. You lost me there. So you're actually looking at it. <laughs> and then we're, do a 70s rock. Yeah, no. and just then Leonard Skinner on it. And then actually, and then Werewolves of London, which I'm just now realizing follows Sweet Home Alabama, which means uh, kid rock I, did, I, did, I did my own Kid Rock combo. <laughs> oh, this is even more of an insult to, uh. to Skinner. Oh, I've, got a lot, I've got a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, so you stripped Skinner of their band name. Yeah. And you created a tribute to Kid Rock. And, um, <laughs> I should call this, this, instead of calling it uh, Freedom Kid Rock, it should be called Kids Freedom Rock. 
Kids, yeah. uh, Freedom Rock presents Kids Rock, Freedom Rock, Rock. Yeah, Freedom Kid Rock. Yeah. Uh, featuring Chuck Lavelle. <laughs> Chuck Lavelle. It it's not a very good mixtape. Wow. It is not. Yeah. I mean, it's. I got to rethink this. For sure. It's not a great mix. Mix it so, up. Yeah, I'm definitely coming in from a deficit. Yeah. I got to go to the bathroom again because that's what I do. Sure. And also, I've got to vomit after hearing about your. Yeah, no, that seems fair. That's definitely. I'll, I'll fair. be right back. And so, and I do this with. While I'm gone, you should oh, just, I get to be, I get to be in charge. Whatever you want, because I'm not even here, so you can say anything you want about me. Okay, I, was, I got to try to make things better, though. Make things. No, right. you're doing great. Okay. I mean, yeah. that last part was was a real problem, but other than that, uh-huh. that's a real problem area. Okay, all right. I'll just I'll just go until you get back. I think we all agree that uh, well, there's two simple daughters, and I can't remember what gnome de plume each of them uses, but the younger simple daughter. I think I speak for everyone when I say that we would like her to have a permanent show. I also like to give a shout out to, let's see, who are the people I know that listen that have their own podcasts? I know um, Sabbath, bloody Sabbath guy uh, is a listener. I believe did his own guest thing. I will sheepishly admit that I have never listened to an entire Black Sabbath record. I'm not really big on super duper hard rock or proto metal unless it's kind of proggy which is like the dumbest thing to say that you don't like um, hard rock or metal because you're too busy liking prog rock. That's a pretty bad admission. I'm going to dig myself a bigger grave by saying I haven't listened to uh, the Aussie era of Black Sabbath, but I have listened to all the Gentle Giant records. So that's another reason I like me. I'd also like to say to the Deep Purple guy, the only time I managed to do an entire Deep Purple record was um the made in japan one which everyone or is it live in japan or is it made in japan and everyone says it's like v1 and i just i didn't make it very far and i'm sorry because it seems like that guy's a great guy and he's got a great podcast going and i feel like i should especially because steve morse who i'm a big dixie dregs fan has played with him for so long but i've just never been able to get to it so those are my confessions well you so got it while i was gone I, I caught the tail end of that you're talking to the deep dive podcast network which is great yeah, I didn't know that Steve Morse played in Deep Purple. He's been playing with them forever. And you know what's so I funny? Know, is- I, I know that now because my good friend Nate and John over at the Deep Purple podcast let me know. But I didn't know that until this past year. Do you remember when they remember when they did all the um, uh, on VH1 when we were living together and they had not just the behind the musics because they did one on Deep Purple and he was definitely in it. But also remember mm-hmm. when they did the top 100 whatevers for and they would have like top 100. So. Yeah. Steve Morris would get interviewed in there and I swear I'm not making this up. Hopefully somebody can corroborate. And if not, they can just laugh at me on Twitter later, but it was always him sitting in what in my mind's eye now says was almost like a throne like chair, not a throne, but like a a sort of semi ornate chair. And he always had his guitar, like the neck sticking up, like it was sitting next to him Hmm. because they definitely, whoever was the producer on that segment definitely needed the people at home to be like, this guy's a guitar player. <laughs> like, like no one knows who, but also like no one knows who Steve Morse is. It's not like when they had Slash. Yeah, yeah. Like Slash, you're good. You've got the top hat. Even if you didn't, you're Slash. But this was definitely like Steve Morris or Steve Morris, who's you know beloved in the guitar player circle, sure. magazine circles, but is definitely not a VH1. Like, oh, that guy. Right, right. So He's go back and his I play guitar T-shirt. Yeah, he needed to have that. that and I want to say he because he's always in really good shape. I want to say he had a sleeveless t-shirt. So it's like sleeveless t-shirt, that long goofy hair and the dumb kind of facial hair. And then 
like the neck of the guitar sticking up on what I, I swear was somewhat of an ornate chair, like mm -hmm. a velvet chair like you might see at grandma's house. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go to YouTube later and see if I was right. Yeah, I was no, just always no. happy to see him on there. But it always did say Steve Morse, Deep Purple. It never said like Dixie Dregs or Virtuoso. It was just like Deep Purple. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, that's, I guess that's where he was at the time. Yeah. Now, we love you, Steve Morse and, and Nate and John. But um, I think you nailed it while I was gone. So let's do this. This is going to be, should, should I do like a marathon episode? Because this is all great stuff. Maybe I'll split them up into two episodes. Who knows? Let's yeah, what do you yeah, do? What's let's great do is you're the one who gets to make all the determinations. I was thinking today about, as you mentioned before, you're an editor, a professional editor. That's my job, yeah. That's your job. And you're great at it. You really are. And in addition to that, we've been friends for over 20 years, like you said. And, and through that time, we've, we've done a lot of creative things together. We've done um, some stage shows, some short films, some sketches, some, some bits, some shtick, all of that, right? Screenplay, yep. wrote a screen, all this. And, and always, you are in charge of the editing of the kind of the final product. Yeah. As you, as you should be, because you're great at it. How much is it going to bother you to listen to this thing that I put together? <laughs> for, and, and for two reasons. One, of course, I don't know how to edit. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just trying to struggle through and just get, get the job done. And two, you're not in control of the final product, even though I will send it to you and ask for your blessing before I release. And you can take out whatever you want. But how, how much is it going to bother you to have to listen to whatever garbage I cobble together? Honestly, it will bother me almost not at all. Really? Dude, yeah, I really promise it won't. And I think the main reason why is that you've put out two, not completely truncated, but, you know, somewhat truncated, but mostly whole recordings that we had from the past that I did edit. You did edit, yeah. And to my knowledge... No one on earth has said, wow, that was really well edited. And oh, you're wrong. Better. You're, wrong. you're wrong. No one, no one, no one said like, oh, right. I'm really glad that that was, had that extra level of professionalism. Wrong. You know, you were just running down deep purple. And, but our friend Nate, the day I released the, uh, the last episode, the uh, Tales from the Amphitheater, he made yeah. a comment, something about, man, you're really stepping up the production values. This sounds great. And I immediately said, no, that's not me. I couldn't do any of that. It's my, 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 it's my simple friend who did that. So uh, you're wrong. And, and if one person said it, then probably what? A few more than that noticed. Maybe. Well, you know what? It's still going to bother me. Well, well yeah, but it also, it's, what's great about your show is it, it, doesn't, it doesn't require it. Because, it doesn't uh, matter necessarily. But, uh, and now, but well, the one thing, though, is true is, well, one of the reasons, though, that I always had to edit things, too, is um, you and I are both, pretty self-critical and self-aware, but I obviously talk a lot and I talk more just volume wise than you do and most people do. And so I and always like my shows. This is my show now. I know that's new. I know it's You're hard gonna have to me work to... on that. Let me get a word <laughs> in on my show. <laughs> exactly. And so part of the reason I always liked editing too, is I could edit down <laughs> my personality. So it seemed palatable. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I realized several times I've held up my hand on the zoom video <laughs> to get me to stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> just because i go I say uh, there's that there um there was that Why one Mulaney, that one Mulaney bit one one time where it's just like a throwaway thing he did in one of his stand-ups where he's talking about speaking with someone he said you know how it is when you're talking to someone and you're just waiting to speak ooh, ooh it's my turn like and i'm yeah. <laughs> thinking like how 99 percent of all my interactions are that way and how awful that is 
uh, as a person. So no. yeah, that's that honestly, it, I'd like to say that it's because I enjoyed the parts and I really did enjoy the parts where I could like put the music in certain places or find where we would cut and like, that's all fun to do. Um, but honestly, I would spend the lion's share of my time when I was editing things for us, making me seem, and this is not false modesty, making me seem about two thirds as likable as you are without editing, because you tend to speak, uh, more deliberately. Um, you think before you speak, which I don't tend to do a lot of. And so (laughs) when we did our pairings, our stage show, that was part of the fun balance. But when we were recording ourselves, I'd have to listen back. It really bothered me how it was just manifest the reality that we've always had, which is you nailed it one day. We were like, yeah, man, like our dynamic is like, you never stop and you're just spraying and praying. And eventually you nail it. When you do, man, it's huge. I never I was like, you know, and then I was like, yeah, and you're kind of like the silent assassin. You're like, yeah, I'd agree with that. Like if it was true though, because you were always, you had a much heavier, heavier uh, better batting average than I did. I might've had a few more grand slams, but it's because I was just constantly swinging. Like before I even got to the bat, I would just like, just swinging. I just swing at everything. You won't even let me speak now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> talk. I, I don't stop. think I ever said that, but, but second of all, whenever I've listened to the recordings, I just think man, he's carrying the show as all because I've got nothing to say. I'm boring. And he's so much more funnier than me. So I think the important thing is we both hate ourselves. True. I never want to Hey, I, I know we, this is about me not taking over, but can I tell one quick story that's going to make you really happy and your listeners happy? Because I don't think you've told it, unless it's the last three episodes you've told it. Because uh, you're too modest to tell the story. I'll I'll make never it really tell the story. I'll never tell the story. And I still don't believe it, but so I'll let okay. you tell. So this is, hand to God, a true story. So my wife has two siblings. They're about our age. I get along with them pretty well. I was two brothers, I meant. She has multiple siblings, but she has two brothers. And I get along with them well enough, but like, we're not super close or anything, but we talk on occasion. And one of them lives in Virginia Beach. He works in medicine. So I say that because he doesn't know who my friends are. He doesn't know, he knows some of my interests, but we're in completely different worlds. And one day he calls my wife, his sister, who he talks to all the time. They're just chatting. And he says, oh, hey, by the way, I know you listen to a lot of podcasts. I heard one today just randomly that was so funny and it made me think of you and you've got to listen to it. I think you'd really love it. And weirdly, I think these people would like be your friends. And he started describing a podcast where this married couple was kind of like bickering and ostensibly (laughs) supposed to be talking about Leonard Skinner, but they never really got around to it. And my wife, who is aware that you're doing this, but had never heard it before. Yeah called me at work and said, described it and said, is this his podcast? And I was like, it's gotta be. And, I, and to be fair, I had not yet heard that episode either. I tend to get behind and I listen to a bunch of them at work. And so I texted you and I was like, I am 99% certain that this is what just happened. And quickly it was confirmed that a total, to you basically a stranger, like you met him at the wedding, but that was 17 years ago. You barely had interactions. Like yeah. he has no, and you don't even use your real name, right? Like that's the whole right. point. And so, there was no way. And he literally said to my wife, he's like, yeah, they're talking about 
her being from Louisiana and, you know, you're from Louisiana. They talk about the South, but they're kind of playful. And like, I just think you'd like hanging out with these people. And then she was like, yeah, we've hung out with them many, many times. Oh, great. That's, that's my husband's best friend. And, uh, and he was also like, and but with the, but the most infuriating part for you, and so I'll let you explain this, and this is also true, because when I t- all this, you didn't believe me, but it's 100% true. I've called him since and said, is that true? He's like, yeah, dude, that's totally true. He's like, I thought it was great, and I've listened to some other ones. He's hilarious. So that part's true. And now you share with the audience the other too hard to believe, but it's true part of the story that drives you crazy. You know what? I don't, I'm not sure. So you, you the tell The part where, I, where you understandably asked me to ask my brother-in-law, how did he find this uh-huh. podcast? Because mm-hmm. he was at work and he just said, I was flipping through podcasts. I mean, that's like the phrase he used, but that's yeah, not really me. a thing. It's not a magazine. It's not like you're on Pandora or whatever, to my right. knowledge, or how that works. Yeah. And to this day, he has not been able to give us a clear answer on how he found it. That's right. And yeah. I know that drives you crazy, as well it should. Because when you're doing something, I know you have your followers and your listeners, and it's, it's eclipsed your original goals, which were modest. You yeah, were let's, like let's, not, let's be people. clear. Uh, let's not make it. First of all, that was crazy that, that happened. It's the most random thing ever. This thing is not, I don't want to make it sound like I, I'm acting like this is some huge hit, because it's clearly not. But yes, many more li- listeners than I ever hoped for. And, and they're also cooler than I would have expected. So that, it's made it a lot of fun. And that story made my day, because it's just bizarre. And fun to know that a random person out there might find it, even though they have no way of explaining how they found it. And I think I do remember the second part that, <laughs> that annoyed me. And that is that, if I remember correctly, most of the talk was about how funny my wife was on the podcast. Yes, that is also true. <laughs> <laughs> I, think he really, I think he really honed in on, on how much. And the guy's, also the speak, guy's okay, yeah. but the wife, oh, you got to hear her. She yeah, well, because I think it, I think it also has her own podcast. Yeah. I think it speaks to the fact that he also, like he and I aren't super close. So he didn't necessarily hear in you someone that was like, oh, he'd be good friends with your husband. It was like he just immediately honed in on how much your wife and my wife should be friends, which is in fact the case. Now, granted, we haven't haven't seen each other in a long time because life, but like it was that sense of like, oh, you'd love her. And as as is often the case, we were just relegated to the sidelines because, and to be fair, your wife is a a big personality. She's a lot of fun. I can keep up. And yeah. You know, so that also I think will hopefully tell the listeners, not that they need validation, but it's like, you guys were right to find this. It's a great podcast. Nice. My friend Peter has often said how much he likes it and like he listens to a ton of them. Like he works on podcasts, he produces podcasts, like it's a good one. It is good. And the brevity is a big part of it. And I'm not helping the brevity today. No, I'm absolutely decimating that. I love everything you're saying, especially lately. And you're being yes. so kind <laughs> to me today, which I really appreciate. You like that part. Yeah, it's the best. It and is that, a crazy story. And Peter, Peter is the best and he'll be on here soon. But um, yeah. He likes the podcast because it's it's pretty good, but he also likes me, so he's not exactly. That helps. Yeah, that helps. And and random strangers seem to like your daughter and your wife. That's that's the most important thing. So is, there you uh, go. And they're all going to love you now. And so one day, you and my wife and my daughter will have a podcast. A spinoff. It'll be a huge hit, and you'll leave. Well, that's me. the that's the cliche about the you can tell a man by the company he keeps. So okay. there you go. I, that doesn't help at all, but thank you. That'll be, that'll be the name of our podcast, The Company He Keeps. Company He Keeps. And when someone asks who, it's like, let's not talk about him right now. <laughs> this is about the company. And we'll which have would, our... <laughs> which would be fine if 90% of the podcast <laughs> episodes weren't me by myself. <laughs>
I'm not super familiar with a lot of these acts, but like, you know, when somebody like Kendrick Lamar comes along, maybe he would have existed had Puff Daddy not just decided to completely undo all the great work that other hip hop yeah. artists had done. Or maybe that had been kind of the thing that spurred him on in the same way. And this will bring it back to your show. Wouldn't it be great if someone right now was listening to that Kid Rock mashup because their drunk uncle made them listen to it while Joe Dirt's playing in the background? Uncle Cracker. But they instead are like, yeah, yeah. Drunk <laughs> Uncle Cracker. Drunk Uncle Cracker. And, and, but instead they're like. <laughs> hey, boy, come here, listen to this. Yeah. I, used, I used to be, I used to make music. Yeah, and they listen to it. And instead that kid's like, well, no. And then they go and make something amazing. Man, let's hope so. Wouldn't that be great? And then they make some yeah. amazing Southern rock record. Yeah. That also like, because I don't mean, I know you you love the Drive-By Truckers. I'm not a huge fan, but I appreciate them. But I think we'd agree that one of the things Drive-By Truckers has always done is, it's not ironic, but there is a layer there that is academic, that's self-reflexive. There's a bit of music criticism baked into it. And so... That's correct. It, it's not it ironic is, at all. Yeah, not but at all. It is... It is I guess more scholarly, but still, it's still not at the same time. And that's one of the reasons that they're so great. Yeah. But it's like postmodern Southern rock. It's, that's, you could say that. Yeah. So I guess the question is, and maybe Kendrick Lamar in the hip hop community is like the next level is like postmodern. You know, I don't know what the phrase would be, but wouldn't it be great if somebody could come along and make a record like the first Skinner record? Um, but it isn't, it isn't like self-referential or you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. so maybe Kid Rock, who's so awful and who isn't even from the South, he's a rich kid, son of car dealer scion or whatever. Yeah. And he's not, and he's appropriated all the imagery and hey, it's to his credit. He's a brilliant marketer and he is, he has suckered a lot of people into his thing, but how great would it be if somebody came along and made a record as good as second helping and we're like the real deal. And the same way that like when Kings of Leon came around, there was like that split second where you thought these dumb boys might pull it off. They're, they're like traveling preacher's sons. Like they might be sheltered and Southern enough. They did. And then they completely immediately zagged. The moment they got an opportunity to be pure, they went 100% the other direction and ruined whatever shred of pure Southern you're right. Because it still exists. That first, many places that, you first drive. E, that first EP of theirs was amazing. Was great and, and had that. Albums like, yeah. were good. And then, man, did they blow it. They blew it huge. And they, they bought into the hype and everything else. But, like, we both know living around here. And, you know, we have, like, a lot of family in New Orleans. So every time I got to go to New Orleans, what do I do? I drive through Alabama and Mississippi. And I blow right through it. And we still see so many parts of the country that are, you know, largely untouched in many ways. Oh, yeah. And they have access to things, but it's, you know, there's still, and there's, so there's some kid who could pick up a guitar yep. and find his local Curtis Lowe or something and come <laughs> along and make something that could be awesome. And yeah. maybe that's what Kid Rock will, and, and, and hopefully they would do it in spite of Kid Rock. In the yep. same way, I like to believe, even though I have nothing to base this on, that To Pimper Butterfly was in direct response to the Godzilla soundtrack. Must have been. Yeah, I would take, I would take any type of rock band, yeah. Southern rock or not, just any kind of great rock band to emerge with, you know, a debut album that just blows you away. That hasn't happened in a really long time. It hasn't happened in a while. Have you? Yeah, we've got Greta Van Fleet. That's what we get. Yeah, and, which is you know, just, just such a pale imitation of uh, another much better band. Yeah, That's and won't great. acknowledge it. Which is the other thing too is they won't acknowledge it. Yeah, it, it, and it's not like 
they're slightly indebted. He sounds exactly like Robert Plant. Exactly. Which is and ridiculous. He, he moves around and dances like Yeah. Plant. He's exactly. dressing like him. He's doing the, everything about him. one band that you and I came of age with that was very important to us when we were younger was the Black Crows. Mm-hmm. And while they were copying all sorts of moves, especially on that first album, which is a pretty weak album compared to later things, by the time they did their second record, they had a fully formed sound that was indebted to the things, but was very much their own. But the other thing too is yep. Chris Robinson sounds like Chris Robinson. That's he right. also sounds like Steve Marriott a bit. He definitely sounds like Rod Stewart a little bit. He definitely copped a lot of physical moves for Mick Jagger, but he doesn't sound anything like Mick Jagger. And all that's fine. At all. Every band takes from yeah. other, like Skinner did. But you're right. They had their own sound. when it They had their own sound. And, and he they were great. absolutely has a voice. It's like, no, that's his voice. Right. That Whereas Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet. Robert Plant's voice. Greta Van Fleet sounds like a Weird Isle style. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Just a slightly pitched up version of Robert Plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right. We haven't. Um, the Rival Sons have put out some good songs, but have not made a great record at all. Blackberry uh, Smoke. Blackberry Smoke has not made a good record. They're, they're fine. All. And I know a lot of people that like Skinner no. really like Blackberry Smoke. And I'm not an expert. I need to listen to more. No, you don't. They're, they're not fine. very good. They're fine. That guy, that guy is writing. super talented. He's a really talented songwriter and singer and a great guitar player. He's also, in my opinion, all Blackberry Smoke songs sound like Searching. Like they, <laughs> yeah. they, like they, they all yeah. sound like highly competent. Generic version of that. Uh, yeah, a neutered version of what made Skinner and the Almonds, all those things great. And to be fair, as we established with Searching, most of these bands eventually become neutered versions of themselves. Even the Almond Brothers, who were the top of the mountain for me in Southern Rock. I mean, those later albums, even the ones with Warren Haynes, where they had one of the best lineups they ever had when it came to playing, there were still at best two, three songs max from those records that you would even being charitable would want in the rotation alongside the greats from the seventies. So like everybody yeah. eventually runs out of steam, especially if you're working in blues based rock music, if you're not like a songwriter, songwriter, the way that, you know, somebody like John Prine was where you could like, well, you can take this all sorts of directions because it's a, it's a different game you're playing. Um, but for me, Blackberry Smoke, a lot of those bands, they all started with, I, I, I told you my favorite quote ever, about John Mayer, and I think it's true of a band like Blackberry Smoke too, I do but know. was the guy who, I can't remember who it was, but he said that John Mayer's music sounds like if Eric Clapton had never existed before You Look So Wonderful Tonight and Cocaine Era Eric Clapton. If that was where Eric Clapton started and then everything that happened after Eric Clapton, that's John Mayer, and it's 100% true. 100% true. It does not take away, was it? Yeah, it does not take away from John Mayer's considerable gifts as a guitar player and as a songwriter that guy can write a hook he can sing a hook he's got all his things but it's exactly 77 and beyond era whatever clapton and imagine he never did the things that actually made eric clapton great and to me most of the bands i hear like modern day crows it's not that great it's like they skipped all the things that solidify someone's reputation yeah Yeah. and uh every band has at least every great band should have their holy trinity at least three albums that are back-to-back flawless and Black Ray Smoke, I, if, if there's someone who can point out three albums there that are as good as Southern Harmony, Amorica, 
and three snakes it can't be done and to that end if they can point out three albums that are as good as you know uh pronounced second helping and then what what's the third one that's that we usually skip right if we're going holy trinities yeah most people like street survivors which yeah is then the you jump one. to street survivors the but like, once they had steve Gaines, that's that's the one we'll do next those yeah. are the top three but those i mean those are like those are the reasons they have the repetition they do yeah um and i'm not hearing it with a lot of and, and i hate it too because it'd be easy to say that the reason we're not hearing it is because we're middle-aged and old that could that's be that's not right but i don't think that's why because i'm hearing it for other types of music there's a lot of other bands look i hadn't heard half i hadn't heard half these scared songs until i was 40 yeah and, and, and you right. can still identify which ones are best exactly and i'm look i'm not at all saying music isn't is good anymore it is I mean, there's plenty but, of yeah, firing when, on when, all I, when I just talk about a, 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 when I talk about a straight ahead rock band. Yeah, straight ahead rock. I'm band. not. There aren't a lot of new ones that I love. I like my rock old. No, that's true. Tons of great new stuff that I listen to, but it's not rock usually. No, yeah, I think you're right when it comes to. I'm looking through like all my recent purchases and stuff, and there's not a lot of it that's like what we would call just straight ahead rock music. And, and anyone who says music's not good anymore, those people are not listening. They're not paying attention. They're wrong. But if you say rock music is not as good anymore, then I kind of agree with that. Yeah. You know, when I, you know, I think about My Morning Jacket or Dr. Dog. Those are, yeah. those are rock band. They're not, they're different, which, and that's good. That's fine. At the same time, they've been around for, they've been around for a while. long now. I mean, yeah, 20 years. Yeah, they're not new. They're not the last five. 10 years at least. Hey there, Freebirds. Thank you for listening to me. Listen to the Simple Friend Talk. Please follow me on Instagram and Twitter. More importantly, give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. The reason I'm here is I couldn't find a satisfying or logical conclusion to this particular episode based on what I had recorded with the Simple Friend. So I'm just here to say, the end. The end.